Well, hello, and welcome to The Insecurity Project. I'm your host, Jamin Fraser, and I am on a mission to end the unnecessary suffering caused by the fear of not being good enough. We've all got it. We've all got to work through it. But thankfully, there is a clear, intelligent, and complete solution to the insecurity problem, and that is what this project is all about. Hope you enjoyed today's program. Hello, my friends. It's 10 Minute Tuesday time. Today's subject is unhelpful language. Uh, now, NLP, you may have heard me talk about that before, but neurolinguistic programming is basically the study and science of language patterns. Uh, neuro, our thinking, is programmed by our language. So one of the clearest and most accurate indicators of the, strategy, the strategies you are running beneath the surface in your unconscious, you know, knowing that at least 90% of daily function is driven from the unconscious. So the clearest indicator of the strategies you're running beneath the surface is the language that you're using. Uh, now, uh, this is really interesting because most people are not aware of their language patterns as though, and so therefore are not aware of the strategies they're running. And you can't change what you can't see. So uh, great American physicist Richard Feynman says, uh, principle number one is you must not fool yourself and you are the easiest person to fool. So uh, one of the ways that our unconscious keeps us safe is to keep us in the dark. Because if you can't see it, you're not going to change it. If you don't know something's a problem, you're not going to investigate any further and create any change. And so therefore, you get to stay in your comfort zone. So uh, the interesting thing around our own awareness is there's a bunch of misdirection happening. Uh, misdirection is a magician's greatest trick. In fact, it's their only trick, really. It's to divert attention away from where the action is actually happening. So you're looking at something that looks like where the action's happening, uh, but it's just distracting you from what's really happening. There's a hand coming towards you that you're focused on, but the hand moving away from you is the one hiding the card, palming the ball, um, you know, taking the coin. So the great value of coaching is it just, it reveals the self-deception. It shines a light on things. It, it provides a great mirror so that you can see things that previously have been hidden, which is useful because then you can change it. So uh, one of the roles that, one of the most important roles of coach is to mirror back language patterns. They help you observe the strategies that you are actually running, not the ones you think you're running, uh, by the words that you're using. So there's four language patterns that come up all the time in conversations I have with people that I classify as unhelpful language. And it's, it's unhelpful in, in the fact that it's not helping you change. It's very helpful in helping you stay the same. But someone who's come for coaching wants to change. They want to improve their situation. They actually don't want to be where they are. So if you want to be exactly where you are, don't please don't observe any of your language patterns. Keep the misdirection happening. Keep the self-deception happening and you'll be fine. You'll just stay exactly where you are. If you want to change, well, turn the light on, have a look at what's going on and, and see where you, can, where you can adjust these language patterns. So the first one, probably the most powerful form of misdirection is the language need to. And the reason it's so useful is because it feels so full of commitment. It feels so strong, uh, so adamant, so intentional, but it's actually none of those things. And if, if you're willing to play along at home, just go and observe the data around how often need to pops up in your language and how effective it really is in affecting change. So, you know, I'll ask someone, 
Uh, look, how'd you go reading the book this week? Or how'd you go with module three this week? And someone will say, do you know what? Look, I haven't done it, but I, I just, look, I really need to make time to get into that book this week. You know, what I'm going to do, I really need to get that done. You're right, John. I need to do that module this week. Okay, great. Now, that looks like we've just had a very important conversation. Action has been committed to and things will change. Not true. Not true at all. Um, for starters, need to is the language of judgment. So it's, it's self-judgment saying that there's something that should be different than it is. So therefore, you are a bad person for not having done it. Now, you can't do self-awareness and self-judgment at the same time because it's not safe to be real. So uh, it's one, you know, we use self-judgment to protect ourselves from the judgment of others. So clients fear judgment from me, even though they're never going to get it because that is my superpower, having a judgment-free conversation. But nevertheless, it's so, so natural that our interactions with other people are full of the threat of judgment. Uh, and so we protect ourselves from the judgment of others by getting in first. So, because, you know, I could say you really need to get that book written. Why haven't you read it? Um, that book written, that book read. Why, why haven't you done it? You really need to do that module. So if they get in first and say, yeah, yeah I really need to, then I don't need to say it. It doesn't, doesn't bring any change um, because... The, it's, it's irrelevant in the coaching conversation. The only thing that matters within the context of change is what are you going to do and what are you not going to do? What do you want to do and what do you not want to do? Because there's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. There's no should. Who, who knows what you should or shouldn't do? What would you like to do? What are you going to do? That's the only thing that matters. And when you get in touch with that kind of language, you actually do things. So I don't, like I've just finished the first draft of the book Unhindered, which is an exciting day for me. Uh, now, that book did not get written by telling myself, yeah, I really need to write that book. And by the way, there were plenty of times that I did. I really need to knuckle down and just do an hour a day and get it done. No, did not ever produce any lasting action. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't ever work. Review the data. Tell me I'm wrong. If you look at when you use need to and you think you're motivating yourself, uh, look again, you're not moaning yourself to do anything. I wrote the book when I go, do you know what? Um, I'm actually going to write the book today. Um, I want to do it and I'm going to do it. Okay, cool. Go do it then. Fantastic. Or don't do it and don't want to do it, but just be clear in your speech. Be precise about what you're saying. So need to does not belong. Never useful. What are you going to do? What are you not going to do? Um, try to is the same. It's it's a bit more obvious. Uh, so it has is a bit less powerful. Uh, people say, yeah, I'm really going to try to make time to have a think about that this week. Again, it sounds like you've just said something of value. You haven't said anything. Yoda says, do or don't do. There is no try. You can't try and pick up a pen. Um, you're either going to pick it up or not pick it up. Uh, so try to doesn't belong. So the, the role of coach every time I hear try to, but yeah, I'm going to try and think about that. Hey, what are you going to do? You know, I'm going to try and stop doing that. Are you really? Um, you know, I'm going to try and get these modules on this week. What, what does that even mean? You haven't said anything. <laughs> like, I don't care. Don't, I don't care if you don't do the modules. I don't care if you read the book. It doesn't make any difference to me. But you, it'll make a big difference to you whether you do it or not. And you'll trick yourself by saying, I'm going to try and do it. Uh, I hope to. I had that one this week. Someone said, yeah, look, I really hope uh, things things start picking up for me. What is that? 
that sounds like a positive intent. It sounds like moving toward uh, encouraging yourself and increasing the quality of your results. That's nothing. That's, that's a wish. And in fact, that's, that becomes part of the problem. You start using false hope, which is, by the way, when you, when you explore false hope, it is uh, wishing things will get better but knowing that they won't. And so what you're actually doing is confirming your lot in life. When you say, I hope things will get better, you, don't, you know nothing's getting better. Um, and so you, you just disconnect what is real from what is ideal. And, and then uh, you further embed yourself in this story that you can't have what you want and things won't get better. Real hope is just the fruit of real choice. When you realize that you are actually already exactly where you've chosen to be, all these things you've been complaining about that you didn't want, you didn't like are actually working for you and you've created them. You have actually chosen to be overweight. You have chosen to be poor. You have chosen to be sick. Just hold the hate mail for a moment in, in 99.9% of the cases. Again, uh, push back on that. You're welcome to, uh, but we are the ones who create these results and the things causing us most grief in life. We're often holding on to them. They're not holding on to us. Uh, when you get that, then you could make other choices as well. If you realize that you have 100% choice, you get to choose every single thing that matters in life, then how could you be stuck? Then that's real hope. Uh, and you don't even have to use that language. You don't even have to say, I hope things will improve because you're like, well, I could choose them to improve because I created these, first, these results in the first place. So hope to, it, no, it doesn't belong. Um, and then the, the laziest form of self-deception and the laziest of the unhelpful language is I can't. I just, no, I can't lose weight. No, I just, I really can't talk to my kids. Um, no, no, I can't fix this relationship. No, I can't get work. No, I, I can't earn more money. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Uh, you know, the reality around can't is you don't want to. Again, who cares? I don't care if you want to or don't want to. It doesn't make any difference to me. It will make a difference to you, however. And when you say can't, you lie to yourself. You are afraid. You are enjoying your current reality too much to change it which is fine but you disempower yourself when you lie you empower yourself when you tell the truth so often you know when someone's really stuck and um, that's the first pattern i pick because it's kind of the low-hanging fruit and all the changes just every time you hear yourself say can't just replace it with the truth which is i've chosen not to which seems so offensive but it's beautiful because it's true and it helps you become aware of your power and the fact that you've created your current results. So, you know, coaching so fun and, and observing language patterns is the funnest part of coaching. I think it's also sometimes the most dangerous. I, I think I ha I think a lot of my friends are very nervous opening their mouth around me because they kind of know that I'm always analyzing language patterns. So I, <laughs> some people, have really complicated conversations with me because they'll say, yeah, look, I'm really feeling anxious. Well, no, I'm not, not feeling anxious. What I mean is I'm, I'm a bit worried. Well, no, look, no, that's not, I'm not, no, I'm not worried. I'm just like, there's just a few things that are not the way that I, well, and you know, it gets very messy. Um, that's, you know, the fact that I love coaching doesn't mean I'm a coach all the time. I'm very able to take my coaching hat off and just have an average Joe conversation. So, for all those listening out there worried that I'm going to be constantly picking on your language. Not true. Only by invitation. That's the only time I would ever 
uh, give feedback around someone's language patterns. I'm too busy worrying about my own language patterns to worry about yours too, by the way, because I don't want to be stuck and I don't want to deceive myself. Anyway, that's 10 Minute Tuesday. I always enjoy our conversations. Uh, look, yeah, I mentioned the book's coming out. There'll be an opportunity for pre-ordering very shortly, which is exciting. I'm actually going to make an audio book of this. People have been hassling, hassling me about doing an audio version of the first one. So that may get done as well, but this one will definitely become an audible book. So look, um, yeah, that's it for today. I'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. I hope you found the content and conversations useful. And remember, you are not just the actor in the story, you are the storyteller. You have the ability to turn this all around. For more information about overcoming insecurity, check out theinsecurityproject.com.